Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we help gym owners, coaches, and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. All right. So it is officially 1.30 p.m. EST. Um, so yeah, I'd love to just dive right in. We're going to record this and, uh, okay. and post it and share it everywhere. So, cool. um, yeah, I'm not totally worried about people joining late and not being able to catch up. So I'd yeah, love to just get going if you're cool. That's fine. Awesome, man. So, I mean, Chris, first and foremost, thanks a lot for, for joining us guys. We have, uh, Chris Spieler on with us, uh, from, um, got a, pretty much 18 different companies from what I can count by this point. Uh, <laughs> I would, I mean, I, I just want to start off. I mean, personally and professionally both, like I'm just thrilled you're here. How are things going with you, your health, your family? What's, what's going on? Thanks man. Yeah, we're doing much better. Um, recovering well, which is, we're just super grateful that symptoms weren't any worse. Um, and we're doing well, man. Uh, every day feel a little better. I've still got some lingering stuff like in my throat and ear, but, um, I'm starting to get back to working out on a somewhat, I, you know, I would say consistent basis, but still being really smart with the intensity and um, volume and things like that. So wife's good. Kids are good. They're um, kids are running around like crazy. So they're, they're good. Love that. Uh, my wife, she's doing well also just like a little bit of fatigue left over, but um, yeah, thankfully um, way better. This has probably the, been the best we felt. And I think I'm, in the middle of like week five from when I got the symptoms originally. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. And so for the, the people watching it as well as myself, you know, I, I would love if you could kind of kick us off just by orienting us on, on what businesses you're currently involved in. I actually lose track between CrossFit park city, I, icon athlete, yeah. grunt work, uh, spiel programming. So maybe just orient us there and we'll go. Yeah, so we're trying to kind of clear all that stuff up and refine it because it's been a little bit of a wild ride for us in the past year. But basically, um, you know, we have CrossFit Park City, which is our home gym, a brick and mortar, our family. And then we have Spiel Programming, which is essentially the online extension of that. So um, it used to be called Icon Athlete, but we had to do a, a bit of a, a rebrand due to some trademark infringements that I had no idea about right. until five years after we started it. Um, so that's really like the the bulk of it. You know, I have grunt work, which is kind of like a fun little accessory program online for people to do really minimal gear. And I kind of got into some of that stuff when I was dabbling in some of the bow hunting and, and things like that with a uh, guy, Brian Call. Um, kind of a fun little side project. But the the real bulk is essentially CrossFit Park City and then the online extension of that is field programming. Right on. Very good. So, I mean, the purpose of this is I would love to dive into like the two main things that are very interesting to me. And I, I think will be very valuable to our gym owners is, is, you know, the story of what happened and, and how we kind of got to this point where your, your, your health got compromised. You shared a really good amount on your Instagram and I watched that and I thought it was just really, really insightful um, and helpful to other people in terms of just caution and, and the way it was managed. Uh, and then of course I'd love to dive into like how your businesses are doing now and, and maybe things that yeah. uh, are bringing us current to what, what you guys are doing to adapt both from the remote programming standpoint and, uh, from the brick and mortar. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It's, so we, uh, 
really went through similar processes of every gym, maybe us a little bit sooner. Uh, we were behind, obviously, New York or California, some of the larger cities, but Park City is a tourist town. So I think a lot of people forget that we have a huge influx of people come in here and there's a big event called Sundance every year and it's this big film festival. And that happens in January, uh, end of January. So as soon as February hit, we started to kind of, you know, be more aware of certain things happening and um, just our county or state with some of the things with COVID-19. As soon as March hit, uh, I think the first case popped up in Summit County, which is where we are, um, I want to say early March. And then that started to quickly snowball for a small town like ours. I think full-time residents in Park City, there's about 16,000. Uh, and then in the, the county itself, which is fairly large, is I think 40,000. So it's not a big place. So to have numbers climb quickly, as far as the per capita, we were on pace with other things like New York or Italy, but obviously keep in mind that's per capita, you know? So uh, we ended up closing, we went through this really quick phase like everyone else did where uh, at first it was social distancing and we capped class sizes and then you know, two hours later, you would get a notification from the government that something else was changing or the county said that this had to happen or these businesses were closing. And within a day of adjusting all those things, we had to close our doors based off of county guidelines. And there was still some flexibility there where we could have stayed open with personal training clients and things like that. But we just wanted to be above reproach and just be super cautious. So we closed our doors. I want to say it was March 13th. I think that's about when we did it. It was a Monday. And then that Monday, we lent out all our gear, uh, just let people take it, got a spreadsheet set up and had that dialed in. So we knew who was taking what and tried to allocate it as fair as we could, uh, but still on a first come first serve basis. And that happened over the next two days, just had people kind of trickling in, picking things up, helping them get the gear to their places, just like everybody else started pushing body weight programs, adjusting things. But basically long story short, got to this point where about two, three days after I had uh, closed the gym, went for a jog around our neighborhood and fell a little bit out of breath. And that was kind of weird. I was like, man, I just feel tired. And then two days later, I think Thursday, Friday, I started to get that dry cough bit. And I didn't think much of it because I didn't have a fever or anything like that. I had some fatigue. And then I felt some shortness of breath. So after the, the jog, that's what was the weird part was, is I ended up... Um, basically taking a shower and I remember going over this sink and trying to like take a deep breath because I felt like I needed to catch my breath and I just couldn't catch it and I was thinking this is weird like I just I don't feel right I feel off and those symptoms kind of persisted and then as I went into the next week we tried to stay separate in our family which is tough with a 10 and an 8 year old um so that turned into kind of like dad not snuggling at night, trying to like just stay separate on the couch, just be smart, you know, and also not panic or anything. And then by Monday, I still had the shortness of breath and things like that. I thought, man, it might be worth getting tested. So I did, went in, got tested. It took three or four days to get the test back. So we still kept our little distancing bit and did as best as we could. Symptoms got a little bit worse, but I never had a fever. 
uh, I had the, the dry cough. I had quite a bit of fatigue and that shortness of breath. So much to the point where I think I started to freak myself out a little bit. And the blessing and the curse, right? I think some of us that work out a lot are maybe overly sensitive to how we feel. So when things aren't like really good, you notice. <laughs> I was like, things are not good. Uh, so I ended up going to an urgent care and they were great. Got my oxygen levels tested. They were good. Heart rate was good. They even x-rayed my chest to make sure that I didn't have any signs of like a pneumonia or anything like that. That was all good, but I still hadn't gotten the test back. So lots of uncertainty surrounding this thing. Got back to the house and two days later found out that I had tested positive. So immediately went downstairs. Thankfully, we've got a bedroom downstairs. So I just kind of quarantined myself downstairs. And then uh, that was on a Thursday. And then my wife started to show symptoms. And she had the dry cough. And then she started to get like these deep body aches. So we called the health department. And what was the date? What was the date when you were like officially diagnosed as like, uh, oh yeah, you know, I'm positive for COVID. I want to say that was the, like the 23rd. Got it. Uh, yeah. March. Yeah. So let me look back and see if I can see. Um, uh, the data is like officially tested positive the 27th so yeah friday the wow. 27th was when i officially tested positive but i had gotten symptoms like on the 18th you know um so then shortly after that my wife started to show symptoms and then i ended up going into uh calling the health department and was like hey i'm feeling a little better uh i had like headaches and sinus burning and stuff like that but i had started feeling better and they said well if you don't, if you haven't had a fever for 72 hours and your symptoms are getting better, you can come out of quarantine. And I was like, well, I've never had a fever. Like, that's weird. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I came upstairs, my wife went downstairs and then I had to try to continue to work. My kids are being homeschooled, which is impossible. <laughs> a joy, I'm sure. I hear um, nothing but great things around the world about having kids for nine, 10 hours during the day. Oh my gosh, it's not even having them. It's the homeschool. I love having my kids around, but homeschooling is tough. Um, and then I had to you know, try to cook for everybody and still stay on top of everything. It was just a wild time. And there's so much uncertainty around it. Thankfully, Sarah didn't have any shortness of breath, but she also never had a fever. She tested positive and she ended up having like these deep body aches, lots of fatigue. So we would be sleeping a lot, go to bed at you know, 1030. So it just felt right, but sleeping in till 9.30, 10.30. And just lots of juggling family dynamic. Kids started to show some symptoms with coughing and sneezing and like a little fatigue. Um, they didn't test positive, but the health department was like, hey, you guys got to treat them like they have it, try to separate them. Like, how do you do that with a 10 and an eight-year-old? You can't quarantine your kids to their rooms. Like, so that was just a really, really wild, tough time. And... I didn't say anything, I think, largely because of the uncertainty surrounding the virus. And a lot of people I talked to said, just because you don't have a fever now, it doesn't mean you won't have one later. Or symptoms could get worse at the two-week mark. So I was like, what, you know, what do we do with this? But yeah, that's how, that has a long answer, but that's how we got here. <laughs>
yeah, it's like a whole a whole house of folks too. Where like you're all in different phases of it. And how did how did the the kids' worlds um, go after they were kind of having some symptoms, but they ended up testing negative? So did they just like breeze right through it, or are they still kind of like lingering? Where's that at? Yeah, the kids are they've bounced back so fast. I want to say it was probably three days of them being off, and by off, tired. Um, the sneezy coffee type stuff. Our daughter had like some little side stitches and things like that, that she doesn't get very often, but more, it was like the dynamic, which what the part that really sucked was, you know, mom's downstairs or dad's downstairs, but you can't go see them. So we would be at the bottom of the steps, and like say hi to one another and look up and like, I'd eat dinner at the bottom of the stairs and Sarah would eat at the top and we'd say hi to the family a little bit. But even once I was upstairs, I, like, we couldn't hug them. We couldn't hug our kids. We couldn't snuggle with our kids. So it was, you know, trying to have this distance. And they said, Hey, while you're preparing food, have the kids in a separate room and just try to stay as separate as you can. So then it turned into this weird, well, how do we handle this? So I, I remember for a number of days there, they couldn't go see mom downstairs. They could, you know, see her, but they couldn't go hug her or anything. And then what we would do is before they took a shower, they go, okay, guys, you get like your one hug for the day, which sucks. Right. So we give them a hug, give them a squeeze and be like, all right, you guys go shower. I'll go shower. We'll ditch our clothes and now get in bed and I'll sit by your door. It just sucked. Yeah. So it was really hard. And, and I can't imagine the people that have symptoms that are worse, you know, and, and it's even that much more of a difficult experience. Yeah. Has it altered, uh, like a lot of the times I'm going for, you know, I'm doing a lot more running now than I ever did before. Just running outside. I'm usually either by myself or, uh, or with my girlfriend. And, and I'm always wondering, like, I'm not wearing a mask when I'm running, you know, at, at some point are, is there an overcaution or an undercaution? Do you think that most people are dealing with right now when they're trying to get outside just to get some fresh air? Has it, has it changed the way you're handling either getting out to get fresh air or going for a jog or anything like that? Not that. And so we would try to, as a family, go for a walk every day, which probably looked really weird to our neighbors because we were social distancing as a family. <laughs> six feet apart, everybody. Uh, but uh, at this point, I honestly haven't been out that much. You know, I think I've been to, it's been five weeks. And in that five weeks, I have been to a local restaurant last week once I was cleared to get out and just do like a curbside pickup. And I've been to a mailbox to drop something off. Yeah. Everything else though has been a walk around the block. Um, you know, seeing our neighbors. I saw some of our gym members yesterday as I dropped some stuff off at the mailbox. It's, it's close to the house. So I was able to kind of cruise down there and, um, you know, so it's just said, Hey, across the street, but I haven't changed anything when I go out, like wear a mask or anything like that to go for a walk around the block. But I will say going to like grocery stores, things like that, it is very common to see people with masks, with gloves. And I look at it now as let's all just do our part. Because let's like, let's, I'm all for this mentality of like, let's kick the snot out of this virus. Like let's beat it. Let's kill it so we can all move on and so we can all get healthy and take care of one another. And that includes 
people's lives. That includes the economy and getting our businesses open again. But like, we all got to just do our part. And if that means you have to wear a mask or gloves, even though you're not experiencing symptoms, so what? Because here's what I found is in my very limited experience with this thing, it's not just a cold. It's no joke. Like I've been more sick, right? So people have asked me like, is this the most sick you've ever been? No, absolutely not. I've been more sick. The uncertainty was really scary. Having said that, I know people personally that have been hospitalized for it that are generally healthy people. I know people personally, they're generally healthy. They've gotten really sick, like really sick from it. Um, so it doesn't seem in my very limited experience to really give a crap where you are, whether you're young, old, fit, not fit. Obviously, if, if we're fit, we're healthy, we're taking care of ourselves, we're in a much better situation to be able to have a, a you know, to battle against this thing, right? A hundred percent. But it doesn't mean that we are Iron Man or we're immune to this just because we CrossFit. Like CrossFit doesn't heal the coronavirus in case people didn't know, you know? So you got to be doing your part and taking care of yourself because I have no idea where I got it. No contact with people that, to my knowledge, and here's the other crazy thing, no one around me that I know that I was in contact with, aside from my family, got it. Nobody else yeah. that I know tested positive for it. So I'm like, where'd I get it? I don't know. No yeah. idea. Yep. I think that's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense too. I think I read something that was really, really uh, just well said. And it was, if everybody acts like they have it, we're going to be fine. Uh, and the idea is like the kindest thing you can do for anyone else, including your neighbors, especially your neighbors, is to just stay inside. You know, that is literally the kindest thing you can do for humanity. And that is a contribution by just not going outside. Totally. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, to some level, it, it's all within a yeah. realm, like, feasibility. Of course, go for walks, go, go for a jog. But be yeah, and where do you live? What's that like? And that's the other thing is I think people get so, some people get so sensitive to that where it's like, if I live in New York, I'm probably not going to go outside. You know right. what I mean? Like, because it's so things, fine. Yeah. yeah. But if I live in my neighborhood, I live on a circle. Or if I live in Montana in the middle of nowhere, like, go outside, you know, like, but yeah, we, we all have to do our part. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Park City and what you guys are doing. You mentioned you closed uh, doors, I think on the 13th. So how have things kind of materialized on that side? Are, are you doing curated content? Are you doing live classes? Bring us current there. Yeah, so much like everybody, you know, we did just decided that we thought the best thing to do would be just to give our equipment away. Just give it out. Let it, it's just going to sit there anyway. So let's give it to our members, allocate it as best as we can. And then we did go to a donation-based membership. But the way we did that is when we started talking about this with our clients, a lot of people were like, hey, I want to continue to pay. I want to support you guys. And it's just being communication. You got to have it with your crew because if they don't know, they don't know. And for us, you know, we still have to pay rent. Our goal is still to pay our trainers. Um, so we want to be able to do that. And then we also want to make sure that when this is over, they have a home to go to and they want that home as well. Um, so we ended up doing the donation basis. But what, the way we did that is we told everyone through multiple channels, Hey guys, we're leaving memberships going. Your membership is going to continue to roll. You're going to continue to get charged. But if you need to change anything, you need to take a month off. If you need to just contribute with 
whatever you're comfortable with. No problem, we'll do it right away. You still have access to everything, no big deal. So we did that and we've had obviously people that have run into difficult circumstances, lost their jobs and they need to cancel or they need to pause memberships or whatever, and no problem. Um, gone to the Zoom class thing, much like everybody else. We're starting to slowly trickle in some fun little 30 minute classes. We're trying to do that roughly every two to three weeks. And the purpose there is to give people something to look forward to, have some excitement around things and just give them more. And the 30 minute thing has been really cool. We did a one we call social, mobilize and socialize. And that's on Sundays with the, one of our trainers, Kenzie. And she just has people stretch and hang out. On Monday, we're doing one called Get Ripped, where people do like bicep curls or butt blaster stuff, whatever. Just 30 minutes. All on live stream. Yeah, yeah, all on Zoom. And what we're finding is really cool is those classes have been become pretty popular the midday. Not if we run like a full-blown class. So we tried doing a noon class because we saw some really good response. And no one was really coming to those. But they were coming to the 30-minute ones. And I think what it's doing is it's giving them a break in their day where – it gives them something to look forward to. For those of us that are stuck behind a computer for a while, they get to have 30 minutes with their crew, get a workout, and then get back to work. Um, so that's been really cool. And we that's like the brick and mortar side that we've really adapted. We're going to probably do a cool scavenger hunt once the weather turns and create a, a way for people to like go around to some outdoor locations and do little workouts on their own, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a cool app that we found that we're going to use that where they'll be able to go around and do something outside. And uh, we're going to try to make it like a, a couple hour thing where they cruise around town, get them out of the house yeah. and get them uh, using their fitness. We're considering doing um, some zoom calls like from people's houses. Cause we have people in their garages. And what I think we're going to try to do is like set up our zoom call at the end of the driveway and have like, some of the crew work out in their garage while we run the class from the end of the driveway and maybe make it like a, you know, are you the lucky one to have the coach run the class at your place that day? <laughs> oh, I got it. Almost like uh yeah, like, like someone's paying you a visit type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anything that we can do to really engage people is important. And then, and I guess the next thing is really like, again, that communication is so important. So what I did yesterday, it marked a month since we've been closed, is I sent, or Monday, I sent an email out to all of our members, and I just said, hey, guys, thank you so much, you know, because, my gosh, like, the gratitude there and this continual conversation of, hey, we, are, we don't need a gym to be a community. We are, and we're going to get through this. And here's, because of your generosity, here's what we've been able to do. And I just tell them straight up, we were able to pay our rent in full. We were able to pay our trainers their regular class load rate. We've been able to invest in trainer development. And here are things we're going to continue to pursue. So I'm going to still try to build this building. And I'm still trying to get through the appraisal process. And I'm still doing these things. And here's what we're looking forward to when we're out of this. Here's what we want to do for you. Here's the vision we have. And I'm telling you, they need to hear that. Because if you guys go silent as a owner, it's, it's going to be, I think, potentially the death of your community. They need the, probably the most valuable thing I've learned from this so far. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, you're not. <laughs> is I, I've always had a hard time. Like 
I've always wanted to be a really good leader, but I've had a hard time with that. I've had a, because a lot of people I work with are my friends. I'm close to them. I've known them for a decade or more. So telling people what to do has felt awkward for me at times. But here's the deal. Here's what I've learned. When it came time for someone, we had to make decisions. There was not a choice. And I was the one to make those decisions. And what I found is people need leadership and they want that. So if you have employees, if you have trainers, if you have a community, people want you to lead them and you need to step it up and do that in a compassionate, caring way where you're relating to what they have going on and you're genuinely trying to serve them, right? And I'm telling you so far, I know it's only been a month, but like people are invested. They want the gym to succeed. They want to thrive. They, they, and I've had people already saying, I will support as long as we need to until we get out of this. I'm like, I got your back. I'm here for you. And yes, we still have people that have run into issues and have to cancel. But we have other members that have been like, I want to sponsor somebody. I want to give more so that other people can still be a part of this. I mean, guys. Oh, I didn't think of that. Like a sponsor program. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. And we didn't, offer, we didn't offer it. We just said, hey, because of the donation base, we had... A couple people say, hey, I want to give more. My, I'm like, my gosh, like, how awesome, right? So now the people that can't pay, I, I wouldn't affect them anyway because I'm not going to boot them out. How messed up would that be, right? Yeah. But what that's doing is it's helping me still pay rent, you know? Like, it's well, just – Yeah, and I, I think exactly, like – that's something that really needs to be said. And I think the, the, sometimes there is a lack of understanding or maybe a fear of not looking professional or however someone maybe can conjure something up in their head as to why they shouldn't kind of be letting down their guard. But talking about what you just mentioned there, beyond just offering live classes, beyond just offering, some folks are doing the curated content where they're just recording in the, in the morning and they're shipping it sure. out. And it, it's all, it, there's no wrong way, in my opinion. It's all about what works. But the bigger piece is that's not the only, that's not the bedrock. You, ha you have to do more than just that. And I think connecting with your community on what they are donations or what they are continuing revenue, uh, incoming revenue is allowing your business to do is such a mission critical communication. So I love that concept of yeah. letting them know, like, you know, we're paying, sure, we're paying our rent. It's also affording us the ability to continue to pay coaches. We're also putting on this other event and it's inspired us to go to a couple other uh, businesses and partner with them on this new initiative to bring even more value to you guys. That type of reinvestment into the community is, is a hundred percent why people are so emotionally invested in return. So that's, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So what, what's going on with, uh, and so on a cadence, I guess a week, a lot of people are, are still finding like a nice rhythm of what they're producing and when. You mentioned you kind of have a Sunday class, uh, you're, you're toying around with the 30-minute the classes, which seems to be going on. Do you have like a solid structure in place? Or are you really like building the airplane as it's flying? I mean, a lot of us are. Yeah, but. It's, yeah it's a pretty solid structure with lots of flexibility. So we basically condensed our classes because we were trying to create community. So we had a 5.15 or 5:15 and 6.30 a.m. class. We combined that to 6.30 a.m. class. 8.30, 9.30 class combined to 8.30. 4.30, 5.30 class combined to 4.30. Um, and the goal there is to bring the community together. So instead of running six Zoom classes throughout the day where it's three people on them, 
try to get more people engaged. And we understand that for some people that's not going to work. But remember, for you guys that are affiliate owners, you got to steer the whole ship, right? You got to take care of the entire community, not just one or two people. Some other things we're considering doing um, are either recording our Zoom calls and posting those on our Facebook page so people can do them at any time. Things that we're running into is some people don't want to be recorded on Zoom, um, which I understand, but at the same time, no one's going to be looking at like a little box to watch you work out. <laughs> um, so things that I'm going to plan on doing uh, a little bit of playing around with is like a, I'll do the workout on my own and do a Facebook live video. And basically when I do the workout, I'll just run it like I would a class. I'll just do my warm up and explain to people, Hey guys, so I'm going to do this for a warm up, and all right, now I'm going to build up to this weight or I'm going to do this warm up thing. And okay, we're all going to start the clock and go. And then I'll just do it and record myself. And if people want to join in with just me or watch me work out, I guess they can do that. Um, so we're going to dabble with that a little bit, but there's a lot of uh, flexibility and adjustment as we go through, but the classes are pretty, pretty solid in regards to when they are and what days and times. Very nice. Um, with Spiel, how are things going there? Are you changing the way you're programming? Cause it's all at home. What, what are you uh, doing there? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I just got off a really good call with Kaylee. Kaylee, um, she lives here in Park City and she works with me and uh, Chelsea works with me on Spiel. And like, we just really had like this real heart to heart talk. What we did immediately is obviously just like everybody else, right? Like every other online program, we started to create body weight versions for people to do. We're giving away tons of free content. So we've gone to, even to the point where on my personal story, I'll post the body weight version the night before. And then the next day I'll post the regular workout, just the straight up workout. So obviously people aren't getting things like, you know, the goal stimulus and the workout write-ups and warm-ups and primers and optional recovery or accessory stuff. But just the core workout, we're giving that away for free. Um, but we're, we're really using this time to really strip down and refine. What do we want to do for the community? Like, who are we? And that's evolved. And I think I've made a mistake with that as I've evolved. I think people associate me with competing because that's what I did, right? That's not what I do now. That was what I did. And what we're really going to start to work toward is communicating like, hey, guys, if you want to go to the games, we're not your, your program. That's not for you. It's not. So we want to refine things. We have a gym program that we put a ton of effort into in regards to lesson plans and providing things for people and tons of resources. So we're continuing to do that despite circumstances. We're giving those gyms all the body weight versions. We're giving them minimal gear options. Um, anything that we can do to share content, I'm supporting them with that, helping them with ideas on business loans that you guys can get through SBA or government, things like that. But on the individual side, we're really going to strip it down and we're just going to focus on, Hey guys, we've got the gym program here and we've got, our regular programming here, individual programming here. And within that individual programming, we do GPP programming. It's 45 to 60 minutes a day. And then the other option is for those of you guys that like to do the heavy lift with it, we have that also. And we don't, I don't want people to be mistaken into thinking that we are competitive programming because we're not like, we don't serve that community. We have people that enjoy that, but we're, we're not, an elite level competitor program. 
We just yeah. want to serve the general population and we want people to be stoked on it. And we want to give them the best quality service that we can. And that comes through more than just programming, right? Like we can all get a Google sheet. We can all get a program. We can all do that. But we genuinely want to be, I talk about this in our gym too. Our goal is to be like true industry professionals and not just in the brick and mortar, but online. Like we're, I want to be a coach online. I don't want to just spew out programming to people. I want to invest in people and I want people to understand like they're part of something that benefits themselves in the greater community. And it's like getting back to what are we doing this for? Like we are doing this not to be better at another workout in the gym. We're doing this to be better so you guys can take the privilege of what you have and use it outside the gym. Don't just go back in the gym and PR your friend. Go ride your mountain bike. Go run the 5K that you haven't in years. Go in the Spartan race. Go in the Tough Mudder. Go use it because right. that's what it's for. Yeah, it's, it's not just functional be, fitness for a reason. Yes. It's not just to be used in another workout. Right. Obviously we do that, but use it. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited because we're at this crossroads where I think we're really just starting to, because of this, ask ourselves those tough questions of like, Hey, who are we? Who do we want to be? And that's scary, man. Like to have the perception of what you might be change. But I'm not in the business of doing stuff that I'm not passionate about. And if I'm 100% honest, I have really no passion on sending anybody to the CrossFit Games. I'm not passionate about that. I have people that I care about that might have desires like that. But what am I passionate about? Making like a genuine impact in our community on a level that goes beyond programming. It's coaching, that it's helping people solve their problems, whether that's you know physical, emotional, whatever. I think we all know the value of this stuff and how we can do it, but we just have to apply it. So yeah, more of a rant again. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's that's, I mean, it's, it's authentic, right? Do you guys in, in Spiel, do you guys go beyond just fitness programming? Are you, are you private, providing other services there? Have you toyed around with the idea of, um, I don't want to call it life coaching, but that's kind of like the old school term that, that's being yeah. in nowadays. And it, go, it talks to exactly what you're talking about there. It's beyond just fitness or it's fitness. It's the purpose of what fitness can bring. Yeah. So we haven't considered essentially like layering onto the business. I think a lot of uh, what we're doing is trying to strip it down, less confusion, less, you know, more clarity, less confusion, more clarity. And then with that, I want our community to be about that. So when people come into it, I want them to be welcomed. I want them to feel like they're supporting a lifestyle outside the gym, that they're getting healthier through that. And I want them through that engagement, right? That's the trick with the online thing is I can engage with them, but I can't unless they start the conversation. I can put up as many posts as I want. I can write as many workout briefs as I want. I can send out as many newsletters as I want, right? But people have to click open 
They have to post the video. They have to ask the question to engage with me. I can reach out all I want, right? But for them to engage with me, for that to happen, they have to initiate it, which is weird, right? Because it's not that way in the gym. The gym, you walk up and say, hey, how's it going, man? Like, it's good to yeah. see you. And you have that connection. Are you new here? Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Where this, like, I can't do that. It's, here's an email. And then, of course, why no one's going to, not every person is going to open an email, right? Or maybe people don't have Facebook. Or maybe they don't like to post a video. But that's the trick. And I want people to be a part of something bigger. Whether they post something engage or not, I want them to have a clear understanding of what we do and who we are. And, yeah, having it be that full picture mentality of how do we all support one another getting healthier. Yeah. Right on. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing either between Spiel uh, or, or Park City? What, what's one of the biggest yeah. things you're trying to accomplish right now? Park City. I think CrossFit Park City. What's interesting is because of the personal feel, because I see people and I engage with them frequently. I, I love that. I feel like that leadership role is much easier because people know me. Most people that walk in my gym, many people, if they, we've got a lot of people that have been around for a long time, but they don't look at me as like Chris Spieler, the competitor. They don't look at me as like the CrossFit star, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, I, I they don't call you, they don't call you legend. <laughs> I usually require it, but uh, no, they don't. And it's funny. I had a guy walk up to me right before we closed and he said, Hey, like, I want to apologize. I was like, what? He's like, I had no idea. And I was like, what do you, what, what? He said, I bumped into a friend of mine and he asked what I was doing for working out. And I told him I was going to CrossFit Park City. He was like, no way, you go to Christian. He's like, I had no idea. I was like, I don't care, man. It doesn't matter. He's like, well, it's pretty cool what you did. I was like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. So to me, like, <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> so for me, it's like, it's, I'm just another normal guy that's the owner, the coach there where the, the real difficult thing, and this is always, I'm 100% transparent here, right? Is the real difficult thing with the online side is I haven't figured out how to crack that code. I haven't. I've talked to so many people, friends of mine that run online programming, some extremely successful. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what am I doing that they're not. We'll crack that code how? To get more clients, to engage folks? Yeah. Or what do you mean? All of it. You name it. Get more clients, have more retention, engage people, create more community. Like how do, because here's what I want, just like any business owner, right? I want to know that what I'm doing is working. And by that, I'd love to see growth. I don't need 50,000 members. In fact, I don't think I want that because that sounds really stressful, but it sure is nice to know that what you're doing is creating some growth, right? And you see some people, good retention, get good feedback, right? right? And I haven't figured out how to crack that code necessarily. Get great feedback. People love the programming. The community's great. We have some excellent retention. People have been with us for five, six years, which is crazy to me for an online program for someone to be with us for almost six years. Like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. That's the vote of confidence right there. Just that retention. Sure. But then how do we keep that going? And how do I, over time, take this passion that I have and communicate it to people in a way that they understand? And how do I communicate that message? How do I get that out to them? Because I can't do it to their face. 
I can't do it by running a class and having them see my personality and having my coaches be that. It is so hard because what's the other way is we engage on social media. I comment on them, but there are people like, is that really him? Did he really comment? <laughs> you know, it's like, really? Or they don't see it, rightly yeah. so, right? No one wants to spend all their day on social media. So we're trying to figure that out. And that hands down has been the most challenging thing for us through this and, and really all along with the business model is how do we really explain who we are and how do we help people understand that? And when they come into the program, get what they expect and just be engaged. I don't right. know the, all the answers to those questions. We're trying to figure them out, but we ask a lot of questions to get there on a uh, frequent basis. Yeah, and being introspective like that, I mean, it, it sounds sometimes to folks like it should come as a secondary or a tertiary thing, but in reality, it's one of those things that you should, I think, set up first and foremost before anything else happens is understanding what you're building or what you're doing and who it's for and then why you're doing it. And you map that all together and it doesn't mean it's set in stone forever now. It means you should revisit yes. it. And sometimes, especially in times like this, where you're stressed uh, or your, your assets are stressed, your staff and bandwidth, et cetera, and you're kind of trying to revisit this new, it really is a new normal. I think there's no, nobody right now that thinks the world's going to snap back to where it was and things will remain largely unchanged in a few months or however long. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people do, uh, do accept the, the reality that, you know, things are going to go back slowly over time back to our normal, yeah. what we would probably perceive as normal right now. But that's going to have so many different elements into it. Uh, mainly that the idea of this, this, you know, remote, uh, just like a remote community aspect, a, a virtual fitness aspect, uh, where people are now tasting it because of necessity, because they're going to be connected to Park City, and they want to stay in touch with their friends that go there. Uh, jam on a 30 minute workout. I mean, that's a lot more, and that's a lot more exciting than, you know, than just running nine, 10 hours with the kids jumping around all day and no breaks. So I think you're right. Yeah. On the fact that it, it is creating a gap in their day. It's creating a new habit structure. Really. I, I do the 1230 class or I do the 930 class. And that's hard, right? So like, just like I think I, I kind of correlate it to training. People get into these training routines and these training programs where maybe they're super passionate about having higher volume, more this, more that. And they get stuck because they never come back and say, hey, is this what I want? Is this who I am? And that's what we're doing as a business now with Spiel Programming is it, it's not what it once was. We started off as a competitive program, one of three. And since then, we're not. And we yeah. evolved to that. So we've had to look at that. And th those are difficult conversations to have and say, hey, who are we? What do we want to be? And now how do we need to adjust? How do we need to change and communicate that? And here's the other thing. On the affiliate level, I mentioned this with Rory. I was, I was talking to Rory last week. I, I think probably this is just my assumption, right? So take it with a grain of salt. I think one of the biggest mistakes an affiliate owner could do right now is trying to have an entire new business model of something online. I think it's, I think you need to do something to have zoom calls and, and facilitate your community. Here's, I think the biggest mistake someone could make is trying to take your gym and creating an online community and getting additional revenue from outside people. Take it from one of the guys that's in the online programming market. It is extremely competitive and difficult. 
you need to be serving your community because here's the deal. When things do go back, however long that takes, right? People are going to be dying to be inside the walls of your gym. They are not going to want a Zoom class. People now want to be inside a class. They want to be with their people, be with their friends. So when your doors can open again, as affiliate owners, you guys better be ready to serve them better than ever before and make it freaking awesome. So not just they want to come back, but all their friends want to come to your place because you've served them so well. Because guess what? That's the real impact, right? But if we lose track and we think that we're going to have, oh, I'm now going to have a gym and an online platform and you forget about the gym, you won't have a gym anymore. Does that make sense? Like 100%. I'm very curious as to, cause it's a, it's a balance, right? You're, you're trying to like, you're, you're changing your business in the way it's serving your members, but you're not, um, you're not completely pivoting your business to a brand new model. It's like the fitness aspect hasn't changed. The delivery method has, I'm always curious as far as like, how, how do you know, like what, if you're going to just, oh, we're shifting our classes online, but we're going to serve the same community, but we're not going to go too far. How do you, how do you kind of reel that back in to understand that like, you're still, as you said, even before, like you're still being true to who you are and and why you're doing it and, and who you're serving. Do you, do you have a sense for like, well, if you're starting to do this or you're really starting to feel this particular way, like you've probably gone too far and you're, you're overcorrecting almost. To, to trying to do something that maybe you're not built to do. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And I think that's where we need to constantly ask ourselves those questions. So if we're an affiliate owner that is struggling right now, like all of us, and we think, hey, maybe like an online platform is going to generate me some revenue. Cool. Now go through like how that's going to happen. Who are you going to target? Who are your competitors? How are you going to get the word out? Meanwhile, while we're doing all those things, we have 50, 100, 200, 300, I don't know how many members you have that you can literally invest in right now. And you have a market, a community sitting in front of you that you can be like, hey, Evan, hey, Jim, hey, Chris, I, I want to serve you better. And I think we can make you better during this time. And you know what? How about we set up a Zoom call? And I've noticed like you struggle on some of these things in the past and I'm sorry, I didn't help you out with it sooner, but I think we can make you better now, man. Now's the perfect time. How about we set up a time for a call and maybe you can get 10 one-on-one clients and maybe you can build your community stronger then. So I think people just need to ask themselves, Hey, what am I getting into? What do I really want? Yes. Serve your community through online platforms and doing that. But not at the expense. If you want to have a gym when this is over, don't do something at the expense of making what you already have better. Right. Yeah. I like that too, is, is really getting on a one-to-one level with folks and asking. I mean, I think most gym owners right now are also like running around and they're juggling a bunch of, or they're spinning a bunch of plates, right? You're one on, one's on the foot, one's on the and two hands. And everybody feels that way. And I think if you don't feel that way, then you should be more concerned because you should feel like you're balancing and spinning plates because you're learning something new. You're adapting your business to serve the, the current community you have. 
And I think the folks who have already been doing a little bit of that online programming and have already explored that might be better suited to adapt into a, a, a more one-to-one -one online programming level. But it's yeah. like you have to you have to get to a point where you're really comfortable in your retention and your delivery of value to your existing members. I think that's kind of like a, a first order phase one before you maybe graduate up into trying to do everything for everyone, uh, yeah. which you might fall short on. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Thanks, man. Um, what, uh, what's next up? What's next up for you in the, in the businesses? I mean, nobody has, and we won't pretend to, that's a, the best part about, I think yeah. some of these conversations, it's just, there's so much uncertainty and we're not going to purport to know exactly what's going to happen. But um, what do you think are the, kind of the next phases for both Park City and, and Spiel? Um, for Park City, I'm trying to look at it in two-week windows to stay focused now, but also keep my ear to the ground on things that are maybe more realistic for long-term. I think we've followed a very similar structure to the school. So whenever the school closed, we closed. Whenever the school gets pushed back, we get pushed back. We just found out yesterday. We all knew, I think, it was going to happen. But we found out yesterday the schools weren't going to open for the rest of the year, right. um, which makes sense, right? So at first, I was like, hey, I think the earliest we would open is June. Realistically, I think the earliest gyms will be open now. I think very earliest is maybe July. I've even heard some like universities and schools talking about not having fall classes. Yeah. You know, so does that, I don't know. So I'm just being aware of that and trying to be smart and also not have that make my decision. So, okay. Two weeks. What are we doing these two weeks to better serve our community? Okay. Let's do that. Another two to three weeks go by. All right, how can I better serve them now? What have I learned from those two weeks that I can better serve them now? And I'm just going to keep looking in those two-week blocks to be able to continue to try to serve better, grow better, invest. I have no intention of trying to gain any clients for CrossFit Park City. I have every intention of serving my existing clients as best as I can. And then doing that until this gets back to normal, right? First, so that's the brick and mortar. For Spiel, it's exactly what we talked about, stripping things down, refining things, giving people real clarity on what we do, really focusing on, hey, if you guys are an affiliate, we have this. If you're an individual, we have this. We're a GPP program. We want to serve you guys. We want to be your coach. Here's how we do that. Here's how we invest in you and have it be really clear cut so there's not, it doesn't feel so confused because it does feel confusing to me now. Even when I talk, like that doesn't jive with what is on the website, the messaging. So adjusting that, changing the messaging on the website, refining those things. So that's a big project, um, but we're doing it and it's scary, but we're going to do it because it's what we're passionate about. We think it's the right thing to do to serve the community. And I think that's the stuff that really solves the problem is how do we solve people's problems, right? How do we get ourselves into a position where we genuinely make people better and solve their problems, whether it's external or internal. And that's what we're trying to walk through with the online platform. Yeah, for sure. Well, for as long as you've been a, a tribe customer, a tribe partner, you know, we've, we've always thought that you were such a good leader. And I think it's really showing in the way that your community is responding. So Thanks, kudos to you. I can't tell you how happy I am. And, and the rest of our, our tribe community here is, is so stoked that you and the fam are, 
on the mend and back to recovering. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. I know that's, that's a very personal thing. So when I saw it on Instagram, I'm like, ah, he's, he's opening up, he's going to share it. Like, and it's such a, an important, um, and I think powerful message just to get out to folks. Yeah. So your experience there is super valuable. So thank you. And then of course on the business side, like there's just so much good things that I think are in the future for you and, and all the things that you guys are doing are already paying off. So you're, you're a clear thought leader in the space, Chris, and we appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. Hell yeah. Um, if you guys have any questions, we have another like eight minutes here. Um, and I just figured that I'd open it up. So if you have any questions at all, we have a little chat box in the bottom right there. Just click wow. the chat button and drop in any questions that you might have for Chris before we uh, peel away. Happy to. Yeah. Yeah, so you asked that and everyone gets super shy. I know. It's right. It's the engagement thing. It's the typing thing. If I said yep. it to your face, maybe <laughs> someone would be like, hey. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, Chris, how do you balance the gym and icon slash what's now called spiel? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, is So, uh, originally, like, what I would do is kind of have multiple trainers at my gym program because it was really good for me to see other programming. And then I'd do spiel programming. And really, I just look at it as an extension, right? So it's really hard because the, they have their different uh, vibe, right? So we talked about it already with the engaging people face-to-face -face is much different than trying to figure that out online and how to do that. So I try to balance it by really focusing as our online community as just an online extension of our gym. So everything that I communicate at the gym, I try to communicate there and vice versa. Um, not easy by any means when it comes to how do you engage people and get people to sign up or retain or you know that's a whole different ball of wax like we said i'm still if you figure out how to crack that code you can let me know <laughs> heck yeah uh chris chris hopper asked uh how bummed are you that the slopes are closed oh my gosh it yeah it's i'm not gonna lie the spring time in park city is tough because no slopes are open and then no mountain biking is really happening yet because we can't ride. The trails aren't dry. So it's, it's a little bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, but uh, a couple, I do have a touring set up. I don't know enough about backcountry, but I have some friends. And now that I'm feeling better, I'm going to try to talk them into some social distancing backcountry touring. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that should be cool, yeah. Uh, David asked, oh, he asked a question for me. He said, is spiel programming automatically loaded into Tribe? If not, why? <laughs> <laughs> Love to figure that one out. See, David, that's the complexities of online business. <laughs> David, such a good question. Um, how can I how can I make sure that I'm being transparent and honoring tribe's values, right? Without uh, without letting on too much. I will say this wholeheartedly: we are working on it, um, and I'll be talking with uh, with Spieler about that in more detail, as well as a couple other partners. So that's not um, that's a that's an important piece for us. Uh, so I'll have more info soon. Cool, John. What does your daily life rhythm look like? Family, Spiel, Park City, family, podcast, et cetera. Yeah, is it crazy or are you simplifying yeah. it? I feel like I'm finding it now because like we closed and then I got sick and it was this tornado, you know? So I'm trying to get into more of a rhythm now that I can start to work out again. Uh, but it's, I'm just going to be honest, it's completely nuts. You, some days I'll be on Zoom calls all day and other days I don't have much time. But here's what I am finding. Uh, 
working out is super important to me. So I make time to do that. And I realized I was getting cranky pants the other day. And I was like, why am I getting so cranky? And it's because I, if I don't make time to do things that I love, um, I love riding bikes. I love being outside and putting my fitness to use out there, especially anything downhill mountain biking, dirt biking, twist the throttle, like I'm all over it. Um, but if I don't make time to do stuff like that, it's not good. And normal life used to just, that used to just happen. I would throw my bike in the back of the pickup truck. We got trails right behind the gym. So I'd go bomb a couple laps over there. I used to go out skiing once or twice a week because I made time for it. And now that those things aren't accessible, I'm finding I have to make time. So I posted like a little video um, yesterday. I'm going to like dial in my bike and put some new decals on it, clean it up. And I might do the same thing to like my downhill bike. And so I have to make time. Otherwise I'm not well. Uh, but I'm still finding that rhythm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like I know this answer, but, uh, Teresa asks any advice for gym owners that are not being very proactive, be proactive. <laughs> that, That's, that is the answer. The answer yeah. is be proactive. There are folks right now that I've seen in either our enduring coronavirus Facebook group, um, or, uh, you know, in our tribe user community or throughout the interwebs and, it leads me to believe that if you're really thinking that the plan is close the gym, don't charge member, don't charge any members, don't deliver any value to members and essentially put your entire business on pause and wait for an SBA loan that that's pretty much signing your own death warrant, right? So you, you can't do that. You have to be active. You have to be delivering value to your members and finding the balance between, you know, charging for value you're providing to the right folks. And I think that's exactly what Chris just talked about. And that's exactly what he's trying to find and has really found with a lot of folks who are stepping up to either donate or just see the value in what they're continuing to provide. Yeah, for sure. Spiel, you wrote an article years ago about the life of an athlete slash competitor. Awesome article. With that in mind, what do you tell people about volume and training when they want to train like, when they want to train like that, but they aren't a competitor? Yeah it's okay if you want to train more, right? Uh, two thoughts, especially now, especially in our circumstances right now. I've been telling people this at the gym and with Spiel. <clears throat> Training should make you healthy, right? It should be something that makes us better. It's also a stress. Training stresses our body and then we rest so that we adapt and get better, right? So in this time, we need to make extra sure that just because we, some of us may have more time on our hands, that we're not just crushing ourselves every day because we need to make sure that we are healthy. And I mean, full picture healthy. So that God forbid we did get the virus or something like that. Our immunity is boosted up and we're good and we're stoked. We're healthy, right? Now is not the time to just constantly be beating yourself down. Two, if you want to train like that and you're not competing, why? You know, we just talked about that on asking yourself again, why do, why are we doing this? And I think what happens is people go through this cycle where they start CrossFit, they really dig it. They find value in it. They want to do it more. So they do it more. And then over a period of months or years, they're like, wait, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing three parts of training per day. I don't do that. I, I can get in and out of the gym in 45 minutes. And I'm, can, I'm telling you right now, I can do everything outside the gym I want and more. So just have 
those people ask why. And that can be a hard conversation because their identity might be tied up in their training. But that's another conversation to have is why. Why is it like that? And how can, how can we make that better for you? Right on. A few more questions here, then, uh, then we will wrap this up. Is your donation-based approach, uh, donation approach amount the same amount as what people were paying for in person? Yep. So that, like I said, that donation base is, we just said, Hey, we're leaving all of our memberships rolling. So our memberships the same as if it would stay open. But like I said, if people can't do that right now, no problem. So we've had some people say, Hey, I can only pay 50 bucks a month. I can only pay this much a month. I need to put it on pause, whatever that is, we're fine. But as far as us leaving everything going, we just left it there. And honestly, it's for the simplicity. You know, thankfully, Tribe is really easy for us to use and really easy. But instead of adding another membership and having to shift stuff over or changing the price of memberships, we're like, hey, let's just leave it all in place. And then we can just go in and adjust the individuals as needed. And I think part of the reason we decided to do that, two things. The feedback we got from a lot of members is, hey, I want to support you. And then two, we didn't want to lose people through communication. We sent out an email group, like posts on Facebook, every avenue that we could, but people still miss it, right? And if people miss it and they want to support, then gosh, like we just put ourselves in more of a bind with the gym. So that's how we did that. And we're keeping it the same in less, but like I said, anybody needs to change it. No, no problem at all. <laughs> and uh, what is your participation? The, what is your participation rate for online engagements with your current membership? You know, it's funny. I think people are going to get wrapped up around this. I think people are going to, and I felt, found myself falling in this trap too. Like, oh, if I don't have 20 people on a Zoom call, something's going wrong. That's not the case. Um, I would say, depending on the class, we have anywhere between, um, on the smaller side, maybe five or six people. And on the bigger side, maybe 12 or 15. Um, and a lot of people are just doing the workouts at their own accord or on their own time. And that's fine. Whatever works best for them. But that's why you need to communicate often. Yeah. And I, I would actually add on to the end of that. I've been talking with some folks and I, I think there's a lot of, there's habit training that's happening now where people are finding when they're going to do their workouts. And I think what folks are finding is they still are going to try and do the Spiel program workout, the CrossFit Park City workout, but it might not be at the times that used to work for them when they did the 530 or the 630 or whatever they're offering now. And so I think the bigger piece is less about, are they attending the live class? Um, but more on the side of, are they actually checking in to log any workout? So it's, it's yeah. like the, the importance of the check-in and the fact that the live class, excuse me, live classes are happening. That's really important. Um, yeah. in, in combination, not just necessarily putting all of your emphasis on, do we have 30 people in this class? Yep. Uh, Chris Martin says, sorry, I was late. You're excused. How do you crack into the online market? Oh, this could be a long one. So how do, let's try and get a highlight from Chris. How do you yeah. crack into the online market? Do you find that you'll pull more online members from the immediate area locally, or are you pulling them uh, market-wide, target-wide, audience, you know, nationally? Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like that we just talked about, like the, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question because it's really, really hard. Um, locally, we've reached out to the rec facilities and just offered free programming. Because here's the thing, guys, is like, 
how many people do you need on an online platform? And like, I, I mean this as someone that does this, think about what you're asking. How many people do you need on an online platform? How much do you need to charge in order to pay for the website, pay for the access, pay for the tech person to take care of it for your time? Like think about what you're asking, right? So if you just crunch simple numbers, how much are people willing to pay for online programming right now? Your local area or nationwide, right? So if people are willing to pay 20 bucks, how many people do you need? And let's say people are willing to pay $20 for an online membership, right? And your average gym membership is $200. You need 10 people online to make up the difference for one person in your gym. But what that doesn't account for is the cost of the website, the cost of the tech person to take care of it, your time inputting the programming. I mean, fill in the blank, right? Or the percentage that the company takes. So think about what you're asking. The approach that we've decided to take locally online is free. And here's why, is brick and mortar locally. If I have CrossFit Park City, I want everyone in Park City to know that we are the best gym that we are the most professional coaches and that we are the most supportive of the community. So I reached out to both rec centers in town, said, Hey, if you guys want, and thankfully, because I already do this stuff on the online with Kaylee and Chelsea, we already do videos. We already do free programming on there. We already post that every day. So I said to the rec centers, Hey, if you guys want, you can have it. Just go take it. We can be a resource to you guys. Cause guess what? How many people are offering that in your town? Probably not many. And when things do go back, when they do go back to normal, they're going to see like, oh my gosh, like CrossFit Park City cares about my community. And here's what's weird is some of the rec centers were like, hey, that's cool. Let me check it out. And others were like, well, let me, we're going to have our training, our training team take a look at that and see what we think. I'm like, whatever. It's, okay. It's free. Like it's take it if you want. If you don't like it, I don't care. You know, but I think offering it, man, it's so hard because we're even doing this online. We're trying to shift to give stuff to people for free to help them know who we are so they, they have some buy-in. I'm posting all the workouts that I write for free on Spiel Programming uh, on Instagram, all of them for free. What like you said earlier, it doesn't include all the before and the after, all the like meat to it. The actual workout I give for free. So for any of you guys that are trying to do online stuff, there has to be a level of free information. And this comes from every, I think, marketing thing. There has to be a level of free content before people buy in. They have to know what they're getting. They have to earn their trust. It's way harder online than it is in person. <laughs> yeah. This webinar was free to attend. Just keep that in mind, right? It's, like <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. No, it's just, it's all about just bringing value and then, you know, they'll, they'll pay you back when you, when the time is right, but it's all about attracting folks and building an audience first. Um, the last question, uh, David asks, what do one-on-one -on -one training, what does one-on-one -on -one training for your members look like in today's situation compared to when gyms are open? It's, that's something we're figuring out. Um, because a lot of it's zoom based and we're trying to figure out this dynamic of people. Do people just want written programming? Do they want to have a Zoom call? How much do we charge for that? What does that look like? But I will say that we are trying to be proactive and grow that. So we're in the process of investing in our trainers and doing some stuff with like active life. Um, 
and helping our trainers just become that much more well-rounded, that much more professional. And we are intentionally coming up with lists of clients for each trainer. I had every trainer in the gym. We only have six of us, but every trainer came up with a list of clients that you think you would want to work with. And then we basically put like green means like you're confident you can work with them. Yellow means you think you could help them, but you're not sure. Red means you're like really uncertain. All of our trainers did that, jumped on a Zoom call, tried to divvy them up and said, hey, how can we serve these people right now? How can we really make these people better? And that, guys, I think is, we're all learning what that looks like. But you don't know unless you try. And what I keep coming back to is how can we genuinely serve our community? Yes, you need to make a living. And yes, you need to get paid for your one-on-one time. But at the root of that, how are we serving our community? How are we making these people better? The people that can pay for one-on-ones right now, if we can make them better, if we can create a better quality of life for them, why are we not trying to do that? Why are we not asking? Why are we not engaging? Why are we assuming that they won't do it just because it's over a Zoom call? So start to step in that direction. You got to have a game plan. You got to be confident. But I would strongly encourage you guys to step in that direction because that could be revenue that saves your gym. And it's also a way to create culture and trust within your gym without needing the walls of it. Right on. Listen, Chris, thanks again for taking the time and really appreciate your insights and all the value you brought to this. I'm sure everybody attending appreciates it as well. For those yeah, of you man. attending, thank you so much. We will be, we have recorded it and I will be posting this in that enduring, enduring coronavirus Facebook group for those of you uh, who do not know about it, just search enduring coronavirus and you will find it. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We appreciate all y'all. Stay safe, stay healthy, and yeah. uh, take care. Thanks, guys. See you, Chris.